Aloha and welcome to I Hate My Voice, the podcast where we deep dive into our dysfunctional relationships with our voices while also learning to turn it all around. My name is Nikki D and I'm an award-winning vocalist, transformational vocal coach, and founder of the Diva Academy. I have just one mission with this podcast, to inspire and empower you to actually fall in love with your voice. It's all coming back, it's all coming back to me now. Hi guys, I'm back. Welcome to episode eight of I Hate My Voice. It's the final episode of season one, finally coming out. Just a week behind schedule, no big deal. (laughs) I just greatly underestimated the um, craziness of the holiday season. Those who have taken the time to uh, listen from episode one on, I'm so grateful to you. Thank you for being here. In the last two episodes, I finally got into the meat and potatoes of what it means to study voice and to practice vocal work and what it means to be coached just a little bit. So we got into... Um, unraveling the mystery behind breath and how breath pertains to singing and speaking professionally, how it's different from just regular everyday breathing. Um, We talked a little bit about how that applies. We talked a little bit about integrating vocal work into our daily lives. Again, these are all topics that, you know, can take months and years to um, fully master and incorporate into your life. So there's only so much I can I can touch on in a short podcast episode, and that could not be more true than for today's episode, which is a little bit of an introduction to what I like to call vocal engineering, which is another term I use for vocal technique, because basically my whole job as a coach is to get you to be as self-sufficient as possible when it comes to diagnosing and evaluating what's going on in your voice and knowing just exactly how to fix it. I believe personally that everyone can benefit for life from coaching. If you're serious about maintaining your vocal health, about pushing your boundaries uh, vocally and challenging yourself to do more and more um, difficult or out of your wheelhouse things with your voice. So Technique. What on earth is technique? Well, the first thing I actually want to talk about is diagnosing and evaluating your voice, figuring out what it is that your voice specifically needs right now. So part of what I do is to provide, you know, a very personalized plan of attack for my clients. Again, any of the techniques I talk about here apply to both singers and speakers. The only difference is in the application of the vocal technique, the application of your vocal foundations. It's when you're applying it to speaking instead of singing, it's just perhaps you're not sustaining phrases as long in speech as you are in singing, for example. But the more that you have mastery over the range of your voice, whether you ever want to sing or not, um, the more that you can master the highs and the lows and the, the dynamics, which simply put is sort of the loudness, the softness, um, the silences, right? The pauses. There are so many elements of singing that go into, into effective speaking as well. So again, the only real difference is in the application. The foundations are the same. The technique is the same. And so the first thing you need to know about your voice when you come in for an evaluation or um, you're trying to maybe pinpoint 
certain areas of your voice that have been creating issues for you, the most important thing is to figure out what type of tendencies you have. So in singing, I would say, you know, what singer type are you? And for speaking, I would say, well, what are your tendencies as you move through your vocal range? And the most effective way to figure that out is through singing. So I give a series of very simple exercises to determine what's going on in the voice. There are four, what I would call types that I find when I diagnose a voice. So the first type of voice is one that I call the jammer. So that's somebody who takes their voice as they're singing and they're going higher and higher. And at some point in their range, there's just sort of a, like a traffic jam, like it just stops. And to compensate for that, they end up basically yelling, basically trying to push their way through it. So they hit the jam, but then they keep going by sort of muscling up the the muscles around the larynx and, and they allow them to come in and sort of pull the larynx up. And that's how they get through that jam and continue singing up higher, but they're actually do, potentially doing quite a bit of damage because they're allowing the larynx to raise to a place that is not natural and not healthy and not sustainable. So that person who kind of jams, now some people get up to a certain note and it, it just stops. So whether you jam, you get to a place where you hit a jam, you hit a stop, you hit a wall, and you continue on by overcompensating and getting all muscly, or you stop, either way you would be in the jammer category, right? So the next category is sort of the opposite of that. It's someone who sounds something like a choir singer, like a, a very heady type of voice. I call this type of voice the angel. And that sounds really sweet. And it is. And it's a sweet sound. It doesn't have much meat to it, though. It's it's a little bit empty sounding. So I'm going to give you, I want to give you some examples. I'm just af so afraid of this podcast mic that is so sensitive. But someone who would be jamming, that might be someone who sounds like this, like, uh, you kind of hear, I mean, I'm I'm kind of naturally starting to mix, which is the right thing to do, but I'm kind of exaggerating that pushed sound, that almost constipated sound. Whereas the angel might sound something like, ah, why they just kind of stay in this heady place all the time, even when it's down low. So, And that type of voice tends to sound very disconnected. It tends to sound um, a little bit breathy. And it definitely lacks punch, right? We want a little bit of punch in there at some point. Then we have a sort of combination of those two. So we've got the jammer, right? The yeller. We've got the angel, choir person, really heady sound. Um, and then we've got the what I call the flipper, okay? Also known as the yodeler. They're not able to blend those two together. So it might be like... Uh, right the somewhere in the middle somewhere in their somewhere in their range it just goes from this more connected ah uh, spoken sort of um resonance into ah uh, into that more you know <laughs> it sounds really funny when i talk like this but this is the that's the equivalent of singing in the angel voice they kind of go from a jammy chesty sound to a heady, flippy 
quote-unquote angel sound at the top. So there are two types of flippers. There are the ones who, you know, they flip on the way up and they get into that yodely sound. They kind of yodel up into a more heady sound. And then when they come back down, there are those who can reconnect to their chesty sound and there are those who can't or who don't, right? So it might go, they can get back into the chest or they can't find it again. So they end up staying in that heady angel choir sound even into their low range. And they have to kind of start over in order to reaccess their spoken level or their chest level. And just a quick note about chest and head voice. Anyone who's had any proximity to vocal technique has probably heard those terms before. And I just want to make it really clear. A lot of people think that chest and head mean that the chest and the head have something to do with vocal production, and they absolutely do not. Everything takes place in a, in a very small area in the throat. Um, the chest and the head are just areas of resonance. They're just areas where the, the sound bounces around. And so people tend to talk about the lower register of the voice as the chest voice and the upper register as the head voice. Everything that happens in between is, is referred to as the mix. And that's really just, it's not really a register in and of itself. It's just a place of blending the chest and the head registers. And that's a whole other topic in and of itself. But so we've covered these, these so far three types the jammer, the angel, and the flipper. And then the flipper, again, has someone who can get back to their chest voice on the way down, and then those who can't or who have to kind of start over to get back to their to their chest register. So those are the three types that are the most common. Those are the people who are frustrated because they feel limited by, you know, if they're jammers, then they're limited by, you know, a particular spot in their voice or, or multiple spots where they just feel like they hit like a log jam, like they can't get through it. They don't know how to blend up into a healthy head voice. Then with the angel, they usually feel frustrated that they don't have as much punch and power in their voice. They're not really hitting their audience hard the way they want to. Maybe they want to do different styles other than choir and they were never taught to sing like a soloist. And so they have a hard time getting out of that heady sound. And then with the flippers, they're frustrated because of that change in sound between registers, that complete, it's like they're singing with two different voices and they don't know how to blend them together. They don't know how to have um, more punch up in the head voice and maybe less um, aggression in the lower chest register. So some of this just, I know, can sound like total gibberish if you've never had vocal lessons or you've never um, done any vocal work. But trust me, these are the most common types of voices that come in to see me. And I did mention that there are four types. So there are people who are naturally good at blending their registers together. They have a natural, uh, pretty good hold on, the, on what's called the mixed voice, right? So the blender is where you want to be. You want to be a blender. Someone who is singing in a healthy and sustainable way is able to connect from their spoken, you know, chest register all the way up through their head voice in a way that doesn't sound disconnected, in a way where it doesn't flip, it doesn't jam, and it doesn't sound totally disconnected like an angel, like a choir singer. So the blender is the most healthy voice type, right? So it's someone who can be like, na. Nah. 
right? And I hope that didn't come out way, way too loud. It might have. But just where everything kind of sounds smooth and connected all the way through. That is the ideal that we're going for. And even as someone who is a blender or who knows how to blend, that's definitely a place I like to get my students to as fast as possible. And then from there, it becomes more about finesse, right? It becomes more about everything else to do. So the But the very first thing we have to attack is, are you able to blend? Are you able to access your mixed voice consistently, reliably, and move through um, the breaks in your voice really smoothly? Everyone has breaks in their voices. Men that I work with tend to have two or three major breaks, and women can have up to six. And they're not all, there's usually one or two that are like really obvious and really frustrating. And then there are other, you know, more minor ones up in the higher and lower parts of your range. And the thing about the mixed voice and about blending all this stuff together is that it does require a lot of coordination. It does require a lot of different techniques working together at the same time. And what's really frustrating at times is that depending on your vocal health, depending on um, the weather, literally, especially for those with allergies, things can affect the mechanisms that are crucial to achieving this kind of coordination. So from day to day, and for women also, you know, if we're on our period or, you know, something's going on with our hormones, we're ovulating, that will change the thickness of the cords. The moisture level of the cords greatly affects like where you're breaking from one day to the next. So my own vocal breaks can change depending on if my cords are maybe particularly thickened for some reason or they're or they're thinner. It depends on the time of day. It depends on maybe I have a little strain. Maybe I had a gig the night before, right? There are all kinds of things that will cause the breaks in my voice to shift around. So then that adds extra complication because you might get super, super good at mixing when the conditions are perfect. Let's say like you're well hydrated, you're well rested, there are no allergens in the air for you that day, um, you're in a good mood, your hormones are balanced, right? All those things, you're well, you're well nourished, you had maybe you've eaten a nice meal that wasn't too heavy, wasn't then you're not hungry. You're like everything's perfect, right? And so you've mastered like how to get through your mix under those circumstances. But as soon as something throws a wrench in there, right, whether it's hormonal or um, lack of sleep or you're starving or you're dehydrated or you have allergies, all those different things can come in and completely fuck with you, right? They can mess with where your breaks are even happening in your voice that day. So the prescriptions that I give for people are very specific. So specific exercises are required for those first three voice types, right? They have to be corrected and we want to offset those tendencies. So the exercises I give are meant to offset the tendency. So someone who has a tendency to be a jammer, for example, I'm not going to give them exercises that encourage that type of singing, right? I would give them things that are lighter to try to get the vocal cords to relax and the muscles around them to relax. So I really look at the use of opposite forces to retrain whatever the offending muscles might be, right? So sometimes it's the muscles around the larynx. Sometimes it's the muscles of the face or the neck. Sometimes it's, you know, you need to develop those breathing muscles better, right? The diaphragm and the intercostals in order to get yourself a lot more support. So much of this has to do with breath. So much of this has to do with airflow. So much of this has to do with vowel shapes. So all of the things that are required to you know, offset the tendencies 
fall under the category of vocal technique. Now, if you're a type four, if you're a natural blender, or you're mixing really well, that's exactly where you want to be. So you would want to keep up whatever your current practice is, but you also would want to reinforce and strengthen the skills that you have. Some people have a natural ability to mix and blend on a really good day, right? And then on other days, it's inconsistent. And so in order to get consistent, they have to actually understand what's going on. And that's part of my job as a coach is to let them know, well, the reason you're blending well is X, Y, and Z. These are the things you're coordinating really well. Let's focus on each individual component that you are so naturally good at coordinating. And and once you understand what's going on behind the scenes, then you're not going to have to have a perfect voice day in order to be able to mix and blend perfectly, right? So, and then in addition to that, you're going to be focusing a lot more on the finesse, um, a lot more on delving into the poetry of the lyrics you're singing, or when it comes to speech, you're going to focus a lot more on dynamics and phrasing and things like that. So, you know, all I'm going to say about vocal technique in terms of the things that I prescribe to people um, in order to, you know, retrain the offending muscles or to correct certain tendencies is that there are two main items, shall I call them? There are two main things that come into play over and over and over. And so I don't feel like I'm giving away too many industry secrets by saying this, but everything that I teach technique-wise is related to one of two things, air pressure and vowels, vowel shapes. And that might sound overly simplistic, and it is, but it's true. Everything comes back to those two things. And I work with something that I call the pyramid principle, where I have my students visualize a pyramid, and that pyramid represents both air and vowel shape. And basically, if you were to superimpose this pyramid over your body, the bottom half of the pyramid, the heavy, you know, thicker part of the pyramid, the part with the most mass would be around the chest area, right? Maybe extending from the diaphragm muscle up to, you know, maybe the the collarbones. And then the top, the lighter part of the pyramid, the part with less volume, would be basically from the collarbones or mid-chest up to over the top of the head. And what that represents is that everything that happens in the lower part of the vocal register is bigger, it's heavier. So that applies to both air, the volume of air that is required to execute vocals in the low range versus the high range. So as you move from lower to higher, both air pressure and vowel shape get less. So air pressure gets less, and vowel shape gets smaller. And those two subjects are definitely worth exploring in great, great detail in the future. But again, the most important thing at first is to diagnose and figure out what your tendency is in order to be able to create the perfect vocal plan for you and what your goals are. And again, if you're not a singer, all of this applies to you as well. And if you were my client, I would walk you through the exact same the exact same steps because we can all benefit from figuring out where our breaks are in our voice and learning how to smooth them out the same way that singers do. It's exactly the same thing. And then everything else, again, when it comes to integration, that's where we get into reinforcing and strengthening what we're already good at and then using elements of musicality and of things that great singers use as 
sort of that extra secret ingredient for you to be an even more powerful speaker and have even an even bigger impact when you speak publicly, when you lead, when you give talks, speeches, presentations, etc. So again, and for singers, really the only difference is that their range would be a lot wider um, for the application of singing a song. And the breath control for singers, it is even more crucial that they're able to really pull in those um, monster breaths by applying breath support in the lower part of the body and in those intercostal muscles and the diaphragm muscle and having those kind of expanded out and held as they execute their vocals. But again, same thing applies to speakers. It's just never, you're never going to hold a note or a word or a sound out as long as singers. I do think though that most people who become interested in vocal technique for the purposes of speaking, they do get a little bit interested in singing as well. And it's always super fun to watch, watch their eyes kind of start to sparkle as they get, um, as they work through the same exercises as, as my singers. It's really fun. And, you know, I'm a big fan of singing and I think it's one of the most amazing things in the world and super important. So a lot of what I talked about really does happen within the first few the first few sessions I have with someone, right? We're just kind of diagnosing, we're figuring things out. I like to hear people. I like to re-diagnose from time to time because maybe the first day I see them or work with them, you know, everything's smooth and perfect. And and then on another day they might come in and they're battling allergies or they're just having a, they're in a bad mood or they're tired or they're dehydrated. And so I need to hear what's going on under different circumstances, right? And that's the importance of having a coach uh, work with you for for as long as you want to be using your voice in any sort of professional capacity. So again, this was the final episode of season one. I'm so incredibly grateful to everyone who has stuck with me from episode one on. I hope everyone had a very, very happy holiday season and I will see you all next year. Bye-bye. Mahalo for tuning in, and I hope you'll join me again soon for another episode of I Hate My Voice. To learn more about my online vocal programs, visit my website at diva.academy. That's D-E-E-V-A dot academy. You can also find me on social media with the hashtag at diva music. And don't forget, that's diva with two E's. My name is Nikki D. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Aloha. Aloha.